And welcome to the Pet Cash Pod presented by ProFluence Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. You can listen to all the other amazing conversations with founders, investors, athletes, and executives at profluence.com slash podcast. We had a great one today with the managing partner of 76 Capital, Wayne Kimmel. 76 Capital, they are one of the earliest sports tech, sports gaming, sports betting investors in the game. They've had some exits in companies such as uh, VSIN to DraftKings, Victory to Fubo TV, and Team Whistle to Eleven. Uh, we, we talk about a little bit of their portfolio, what they're looking for, uh, how Wayne um, evaluates not just companies themselves and decks, but founders and what they're looking for. We talk about the space as a whole and how it's become an asset class itself. It was an awesome conversation. There's so much to learn from this one for all relevant parties. So without further ado, let's dive in. Wayne, appreciate you coming on. Really looking forward to this one. I know a lot of other people will as well. Well, Andrew, appreciate you having me on your show. This is going to be a lot of fun, and and there is and it's just a, such an incredible time right now across the sports media and entertainment landscape, and you know we're right in the middle of it all. So when uh, when you got started in it, what did it look like? I, I think that's the perfect place to start. Of where was this when Wayne Kimmel decided? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting into sports tech, and then uh, the evolution of it. Um, I think that'd be great. Um, to, to spend some time and then we'll, we'll dig a little bit deeper within uh, those segments. Well, absolutely. I mean, Andrew, you know, I've, I've been in the venture capital business for the last 25 years, investing in entrepreneurs, the ones who are trying to do things that other people say are impossible, or they're the, they're the people that could kind of see around corners and do amazing things. And, you know, the, the opportunity to help and work with entrepreneurs is, is the greatest thing. And, and I've loved doing that. And as we've always said, you know, I, we're all about, you know, at 76 Capital, we're all about investing in smart and nice people who want to change the world. And about seven years ago, as we're investing in companies and we did things like Seamless Web and we did the healthcare clinics that are all inside of Walgreens today. And we did these amazing things in all these industries. And then one day, my partners and I were sitting around and we're like, you know, what's that one industry that we could just dive deep in? and invest in and and help entrepreneurs do the next, next thing. And it kept coming back to sports. We're like, oh my God, you know, like Mm -hmm. sports, you know, the opportunity to disrupt the the overall industry, to innovate, to transform an industry through the use of tech, data, analytics. That's been happening in healthcare and financial services and, you know, the consumer tech world. And it's been happening for a while, but in sports, it wasn't happening yet. And there were a number of factors and things that we looked at, including the fact that it looked like sports betting was potentially going to be become legal outside of the state right. of Nevada. It, it was like, wait a second, how many kids are playing video games? Oh, my God, that's more people than actually watch TV. This is crazy. What does every mom and dad, including all of us, wanted our kids to be? The next LeBron, the next Serena, the next Tiger. You know, like it was like we spent all this money in youth sports trying to get our kids to be the next next thing around that. Where where do we spend all our time? Well, we just we watch games. The world stops when sports are on. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're taping this now, you know, the day after we got the news that the Super Bowl was the number one watched program ever. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so you think about all these things and we looked and saw that there were very few groups that were funding 
the seed and early stage side of, of sports and sports technology, and we dove in with two feet. I guess I should have said I dove in with head first, or yeah. I dove in with two feet. Well, either way, we did it all. We actually we did it all. Well, I'm curious. This has been a debate uh, that I've sort of brought about on social media a little bit. But when you look at the industry as a whole, I guess, how do you define it? Because uh, I know you talked about betting a little bit there, gaming. I guess what, do you, what does, if you can go through some of the things that you believe encompass it, uh, that'd be helpful because this is all always like people trying to figure out. But from an investor perspective, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, so here's how they look at it in, in the segments they're looking at. Yeah, I think, you know, we talk about the overall sports, media, and entertainment industry. And, and, and under entertainment, that's where gaming is. So it's, it's everything about sports. It's everything about the idea of, of making every bat, ball, stick, racket smart from a tech perspective. It's also using the data and analytics to enable you to be a better player to be a better coach, to be a better uh, front office person, um, for you to use all this information also so that you can then be a really great business person in the sports industry and be able to engage the fans. So what are the new ways of engaging fans using the latest technology? That's another whole part of all mm -hmm. of this. Because, you know, the, and, and when you talk with, you know, these chief revenue officers of professional sports teams, they talk about a very, very small percentage of their fans actually get to go to their games or can even afford tickets or live in the city where they're fans of. So how do you reach these fans digitally? How do you provide them with the, um, the joy that we all get when we go and sit in the seats in, 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 this, in the stadiums and the arenas? So there's, there's the whole digital side of that, which is really exciting. And so, and then there's, you know, just the, I mentioned earlier, the youth side, I think is a really big part of, of, of everything because, and that whole world has completely changed. I mean, I think like that's one of the things that we, you know, we, we, we just, you know, you think about where, where all that's going because youth now ties into the NIL side as well. Right. So <laughs> I mean, and where all that will, it will go and where that will land. I mean, right now it's the complete wild, wild west with NIL and all the money flowing and, you know, and the NCAA sort of trying to, trying to figure it out. The Big Ten and the SEC having their meetings to try to, who knows mm -hmm. what, you know, does the super conference occur or not? You know, it's anything's on the table. And when uh, you talk about this evolution, you, you were obviously right about the sports betting. Uh, use sports, NIL helped further charge that. Again, you know, from this evolution, have you seen it play out how you thought it was going to play out? And I guess where in that scope of the evolution are we currently uh, from your initial hypothesis, you know, seven, eight years ago? Yeah, I mean, I think that from a sports, sports betting perspective, even though um, things have moved so quickly with 38 states now have legalized sports betting, um, we, we predicted that. We actually did predict that. We said it was going to move this fast. Um, there were a lot of people who told me I was completely crazy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, you know, my, my partners, Chad, John, and I, we were like, this is, this is, this is where it's going to go. And people are like, wait a second. Like, and the thing is, is that part of the whole legalization and the speed of, of all this happening is I think around the fact that it wasn't like betting was just invented. It's just become legalized. It's become regulated. Um, and we really believe that's a really good thing. 
Um, we believe that regulating things and, and, and the legalization is a really important part to, and putting the, the guide rails around it to make sure that you have, you bet responsibly. We're the only venture capital fund that has a partnership with the American Gaming Association and they have a game plan initiative. We think that's really important to make sure that people bet responsibly, um, but also just, to, and have a good time around it, but just do it the right way. Um, you know, you asked like, where are we in, 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 in this evolution where we are, you know, right now, I think we're extremely early. Um, it's been a, it's been a race to get to where we, where we are right now. Plus this race occurred, COVID was right in the middle of it, right? So yeah. sports betting gets, gets, um, the opportunity to be outside of the state of Nevada on May 14th of 2018. You have a couple, almost a year and a half ish of quick, some quick movers, then all of a sudden it's lockdown and it's, it's COVID and states continue to continue to move during that time. Uh, and there's just, and, and there's just a number of players that have just started to really get moving in the, in the industry. So you look at ESPN bet, which started in late October, I'm sorry, November of this year. So they didn't have a full football season. So their, their first full season will be next year. Right. Fanatics is another one. And their points bet deal, their first full season will be next year within the 2024 season. Uh, bet365, which is the worldwide leader in sports betting all over the world. They're the leader everywhere else except for the United States. They haven't really fully put their foot on the gas yet. And then at the same time, you know, Flutter, which is FanDuel, the parent of FanDuel, they're now public in the U.S. DraftKings is public. BetMGM is a really solid, solid player with unbelievable physical assets. So what does that mean moving forward? And you have Caesars. And so there's there's a lot of really interesting players that are in the mix and it's still it's still extremely early. The other part of it is is I would that I, I point to about from an early perspective is the fact that your these apps today, the the experience that we all have with our sports betting apps or just sports bets in apps in general, they're I, I say they're kind of like Amazon was when Amazon got started. It's like you could buy books on Amazon. Just it was simple. That's all you could do. But now Amazon allows you to buy everything, and Amazon knows everything about you and me. It knows that I'm sitting here in my office right now, and I'm out of paper towels at home. Like, how does it know these things? Because it just it just knows. Like, it, it just shows up on my phone. So, how will that personalization, customization of the sports betting apps, and the and and how does all that move forward? There, that's going to be a big jump over the next several years, and you're going to start to see more and more of that. Yeah, and as some of these top end, higher tier players uh, continue to, you know, ESPN getting into betting, Fanatics, right? Or even you, know, you hear a lot of people talk about media companies trying to become betting companies, betting companies trying to become media companies. You know, what does that do downstream? What does that look like for maybe not potential entrants that are going to compete with them, but ancillary companies that could then, you know, p- be potential acquisition targets of these? How like how have you seen that that downstream? Uh, play out so far. Yeah, I mean, it's been one of the things that's been really great for us. I mean, you know, in, you know, in the sense that when we 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 saw this this industry and we said, what are we going to do? We're going to invest in companies that are, you know, the next the next next thing around data analytics. Um, whether it was going to be around the the analyze you know analyzing all this this data 
a meet the media side of it, the integrity side, the compliance side of it. We talked about the customization and personalization side of it, the free to play games. You know, how are the, how's all that going to play out over time? How will that, how will that work out? Kind of this social wagering. How's that, how's that world going to play out? And as we see, there's some really big players that have, have grown up in, in that area. So we looked at all the different areas. And one of the areas, which I think is really amazing is just this idea of, what's happening from an integrity and compliance perspective, um, really making sure that everything's on the up and up, making sure that people are betting responsibly, making sure that no one has inside information and they're, they're, they're making a bet on, on things that they shouldn't, they should not be, you know, information that they shouldn't have or, or, or that someone is doing the wrong thing. So it's important to make sure that we have those companies. And uh, so we're excited about our investments around those, those types of companies, U.S. Integrity, Odds On Compliance, and how they work with all the, all the sports books, all the leagues, all the, the conferences, the regulators, um, you know, law enforcement, to make sure that everything's on the up and up so we can all enjoy this, this, these amazing games. Yeah, and you have some signs behind you of uh, some of the companies that have been acquired. I guess uh, looking back at it now into it, you're sort of hitting, I'm sure, as some will call it, like the harvest phase, where some of your initial investments are now starting to get acquired, IPO, et cetera. You know, what have you seen the best companies do, the best founders? How have they operated uh, to get to that point? Obviously, you know, you guys are putting capital in. You're doing, you know, what VC does. Uh but, you know, what, what have you sort of seen internally that separated the winners from, per se, the losers? Well, it's, it's really important, you know, and our, and our team here, you know, to make sure that we have this, this deep industry expertise, our, you know, extensive network that we have with industry leaders, our, you know, this, you know, our own proprietary technology platform to help identify and evaluate these investment opportunities and then really make the connections you know, for, for our companies. So whether it's, you know, was, was amazing, you know, working with Brian Musburger and his, his uncle Brent, uh, who had that, they had that incredible um, special right before the, the Super Bowl this year about mm-hmm. the, the NFL today and, and the history of Brent Musburger, yeah. what he did there. Um, but working with, with Brent and Brian and Bill 80 and helping them build the sports, you know, a 24 hour sports betting media network. Um, the idea was like, if CNBC is covering the financial industry, well, then we're going to cover the the betting industry in a similar kind of a way. And we did that. We built that in Las Vegas with some great partners out there and Derek Stevens and the Gone family. And then, you know, um, packaged that all up and, and then DraftKings bought that from us. So like really sort of you know, making sure that we're there with our entrepreneurs, that we're sitting at the table with them. Um, you know, we always talk about when we invest in a company, we jump on their side of the table, we give them our, our, all of our contacts and, and, we, and we try to figure out how can we help them build a successful business. Uh, because that's, that's what it, it really comes down to. I said earlier about this idea of the kinds of people we want to get behind, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why we want to get behind smart and nice people. We want to get behind them because the, we, want to, we want to only be around the people we want that we like, that we feel that we can really help. We want to make sure that they're really smart. And then at the same time, that they have this really big vision that we can be part of, that we can really help collaborate with them and be that trusted partner and really be that advisor to them and, and really just do everything I, everything we can to help them become successful. 
we talk a lot about, uh, you know, what you look for. Are there any things that sort of turn you guys off and you go, ah, you know, or, or red flags uh, that, you know, that on the flip side of this? Yeah. I mean, look, you know, we, the, 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 it, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing, you know, to, to make these selections. I mean, we see close to 170 or 180 business plans a month. I mean, it is, it's a lot. And, and to have the process to be able to go through all this, be able to then figure out which are the entrepreneurs that we want to really zero in on and, and get to know, and hopefully, you know, make the, the right call on those investments. Um, there, and, and, you know, I think part of it is, is, is that sometimes you don't see the eye, eye to eye with somebody, right? I mean, like they, you know, they, they want to go in this direction and we're like, I don't know if that, that's not the way. And, and, and yes, those types of things happen once you're an investor in a company and you kind of work through a lot of that. But at the beginning, if, if you're not really saying like, we, we both agree, this is the direction to go, we're going North. And then the entrepreneur is like, you know, no, we're going South. I'm like, no, like that's, that, that will just, that, that's something that will, you know, we, um, you know, we won't get involved in that, in that kind of a situation because then we don't think we can be helpful, right? We won't get involved in companies where, you know, we, we don't, we can't own a, a meaningful stake of the business, right? I mean, it's just, we want to be, we want to be significant owners at the beginning stakes, sta- stages of the company. We never want to m- have a majority stake. We don't want to have the full say, right? We just want to be in a place where if everyone's successful and we're taking this risk at this early stage to get involved, that we all win together. And if we're aligned there, it's amazing. And look, it's just, there's nothing better than, than, than working with entrepreneurs that are passionate, that have this incredible desire and drive to just keep making stuff happen. And, and then, you know, I think one of the other really big things that all, all entrepreneurs need to have is, is this, is, is the trait of being persistent um, and, and being able to just keep, keep moving forward. Um, you're going to hear no so many times. Um, you may hear that from your, your mom, you may hear it from, you know, your spouse, you may hear it from some of your mm-hmm. closest friends, like, come on, man, just get a job. What are you trying to do? But like you, if you, if you got it and you know, you know what's around that corner, um, and you and we just want to be there with you when you go turn that corner and to be like, oh my god, look at this! We told everybody mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be, and and that's and that's amazing. It's amazing, you know. It's it's incredible, you know, having the the pylon cams on the field at the Super Bowl. I mean, to see our C three sixty, you know, team and what they built to have those cameras in those pylons and some of the most important shots that happened on, you know during the game and they go to those, those things, that's incredible. And they sold, you know, sold that company to Cosm earlier this year and we wish them a ton of luck there with them. And, you know, just being behind these types of things, you know, you, you interviewed CJ Handron from Diamond Kinetics. I mean, what CJ has created, I mean, I literally sit here and I was telling you beforehand, I, <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm gripping this bat like all day long. I mean, it's the first ever smart bat, right? I mean, it was, it's incredible. It's got the technology in the handle, right? I mean, and it's this thing where you don't have to charge it. It's in, it's in the bat. You just swing. And the next thing you know, that information shows up on your phone. So to like work with CJ over the last five years to do this and, 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 and help him achieve, you know, his goals and his team's goals is incredible. It's so much fun. Um, 
and and it's one of the things that you know hopefully for for us and for all of our our investors that that work with us and it's a it's a really lucrative business as well any common mistakes you see that uh can be avoided at the earlier stages to get a chance to be put in front of a 76 capital and even get to that discussion is there any things before that where um you've seen you know you can call it screw-ups mistakes whatever that deter maybe a potentially good idea or a good founder where they can't even get to the table with you well you know i think one of the things that um you know the the, the best founders um and, and and some of the best founders, you know, learn to become that over time. Like it's not like they wake up and you become a founder, right? But just you know, understanding relationships and understanding how "quote unquote" the world works, um, in the sense that you know, if if Andrew, you call me and say, "Hey, I got this really great entrepreneur. I want you to take a look at." I'm going to take that call. I'm going to respond to that email. We're going to set up some time to to to, to check that check that company out. Um, mm-hmm. So use, use networks, right? I would say that for, for entrepreneurs, you know, use, use your network, try to figure out how can you get the warmest introduction you can to anyone, whether that's an, a venture capitalist, whether that's for business, for a, for a, just a business deal, you know, and read, like really read. I mean, like I, I you know, and, and read about people and listen to, you know, there's podcasts out there all, all over the place. Like listen to what people have to say. You know, listen to the, their words. Maybe they're things that that resonate. You know, that may may resonate with you know with you and that person, or not. Or like, that's not my guy. Like, I don't. I, I, no, I don't. I don't. That's not my vibe, right? Or no, that's totally my vibe. And so, I, but I think it's about doing the research beforehand and really trying to figure that out. And you know, look, I, I you know, a couple of years ago, I wrote a book all about this, right? Because I thought it was that important. Love that. And not to get too nitty gritty, but I think this is helpful for a lot of, you know, a lot of founders listen to this. So this is the core demographic. But when you look at a deck or something, or, you know, what is sort of what catches your eye? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's one of those things. It's, you know, persistence is, 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 is also part of all this, right? I mean, you know, yes, sending a business plan is one thing. But being at a at a conference where, you get a chance to, you know, just even just say hello just to someone I think is, is, is a big thing. Um, you know, I, I met an entrepreneur during the Super Bowl at one of the, the, the events we, we spoke at and he told me that he, uh, I'll never forget. He told me this. He's like, I drove 12, you know, 12 hours to come down here to, to talk with all of, you know, there's a bunch of us there and I need you know, to talk with you guys and get to meet you. I think this is, and like, that was, I was like, all right, that's, that's awesome. Let's spend some time together. And we, and we talked for a, a while at this, with this guy. So that, that was super cool. I mean, I think there's, there's this, this, how can you figure out a way to just familiarize, get your, get you more familiar with the person you're trying to, trying to get in touch with. And, and that's, that's, you got to use all the, all the tricks of the trade and, and, and that's, and that's what it's all about. And, and now with, with social, you know, the way social media is, you know, going, I mean, there's ways to know a lot about people. There's, there's ways to mm-hmm. be, get in touch with people in multiple, multiple times, multiple ways. Um, I think that those are some things that, that, that matter, but then also, you know, you, you know, what also catches our eye, it's the idea, right? It's like, it's not like, oh, it's an AI company. Well, AI mm-hmm. company for what, what is that next thing? Are they really doing something truly innovative? Is it something that's 
and I, I've, I've said this a couple times already, is it's something that's like, it's around the corner, but no one knows it's around the corner yet. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, and, and, and by the way, we just, because it doesn't catch my attention or my team's attention, doesn't mean it's a, not a, it's not a good idea. We're just venture capitalists. We're just people, right? We may not get it, move on to the next, right? Or say, you know, maybe we, maybe you didn't see it the way we saw it. And we have a dip, we have a conversation a, a different way, but I think like, it's really important, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, I, there's a chapter in my book, you know, every no is, is, is just when is like, when's our next meeting? Like when, when can we get together again? And you got to think like that. You got to, you got to mm-hmm. be resilient, right? You got to be like that running back who just runs through the line and gets whacked and gets back up and goes, all right, all right, let's do this again. Let's go. I'm ready to go. Like, I mean, I, I mean, it, it, that, that's tough, right? I mean, Looking like a guy like McCaffrey or some of those guys. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that guy's it's not that big, but he gets thrown around like no one's business, but he gets back up and he's back in there, right? And um, that's that's what you got to do. Like you, you got from a uh, we we talked a little bit about the decks, and, I, and again, I don't want to get too into the weeds here, but you also talked about you want to own a significant portion, obviously not majority control, but a reasonable, and this is probably for even first time founders or earlier earlier stages. But when you're structuring that, you know, what, what should founders be looking to or willing to give up? And also to get a lot of those warm interests to someone like you, you might need to bring in some advisors. What's fair to bring in some people because, you know, uh, want credentialization. Like what, I guess, there's not really a question around it, but just the equity component at the earlier stages that makes sense for founders and on also the other side for, for like a 76 capital. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talk about it openly. I mean, we we like to own somewhere in between five and fifteen percent of companies at the you know the the seed stage. Um, it feel makes us sort of feel that we're going to and it, and, it, and, it, and that's that's a pretty you know big range, and it it allows us to you know feel like we're really there as as with the founders when this thing is getting going, and then as a founder, if you're thinking about what do you need to give up to bring people to the table, you know. No, it really depends. I mean, if that if that person is going to be like a full time person and and be involved with your business, and and maybe they are putting some capital in, and you know, they could that you could you could think about you know giving them a couple you know points of of the of the company. If they're just going to be like a strategic advisor, it's a it's less than you know less than one percent, right? I mean, it's a, sometimes it's like point you know two, five or something like that. Right. I mean, it's like a, a, a smaller, a smaller number of it's just to have their name. Um, but you'll also find, I think the one thing that's amazing across the, the ecosystem, and this is what's, what's really amazing about, you know, the, the sports and, you know, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystem is the sense of that, you know, we're all trying to help each other. We're all trying to really build something. We're trying to collaborate um, and, and build something really special. Um, this is, the, and, and this is the time, I mean, we, you know, I loved what I did, you know, investing in consumer tech and health tech. I loved all that stuff. It was amazing back in the entrepreneurs, but now doing the same thing in the sports and entertainment and media industry and bringing these worlds together, this isn't even like work. I mean, this is, this is just, this is incredible. This is an incredible opportunity uh, going to games for work, that's not a bad thing. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, as, as you do the, on, on your podcast, do the same thing when we talk, you know, talk with sports executives, like going to the office is going to the stadium or the arena. I mean, how lucky are we, right, to be able to, right. to do this? 
as we uh, sort of close out here, common one, but any areas underexploited right now or around the corner, like you say, that uh, founders or people looking to jump into sports? We've also seen an influx of pretty talented people from just traditional technology and media jump over into more sports focused. Uh, any anything that you know, you see a lot of pr- people surfacing around of ah, maybe I'll build something here. Any uh, any any areas or, or interesting thoughts around that? Well, there's a couple a couple new companies that we invested in that are that are similar to what you're describing, right? So we just invested in a company called Boomerang, and Boomerang is is, is like Uber for lost and found. I mean, you, you lose something, you hit your phone. And, Somehow, miraculously, it comes back, whether you lose it at a stadium, an arena, an airport, a casino, a hotel. Like that's something that's it's part of the fan engagement. It's part of that fan mm-hmm. experience. It's, it's, it's part of the game, but it's not like the bat or the ball or the stick or something right. directly on the field. So think about these ancillary areas. Think about, you know, you have all these people coming to the world of sports. What else could you do? as an entrepreneur to make it even better, right? Similarly, another one of our companies called Geo Snapshot around this idea of, well, everyone's taking pictures, but like if you're if you're competing in a really strenuous sport, you're probably not doing selfies of yourself during while you're right. competing. Or, you know, as a kid, you, you know, or as a parent, you don't want, you don't want to be the ones who are taking pictures all the time. Well, what if there were professional photographers all over the place taking photos and then being able to then access them and, and as well as, as videos and be able to do, you know, some really unique things around that. So I, we kind of like these, we like these businesses that are, are, are surrounding um, the, the, the sports industry as well. You know, we don't, you cannot, I, I joked a little bit earlier about AI, but the opportunity with AI and all the data that's being collected, um, we have we are not we have not figured out all of that yet. We fortunately have a number of companies in that that are that are working on some really cool things in and around that that space. The idea of of of, of um, you know just what sports betting will look like hmm. in the future um, it, it, it's not fully determined yet. Um, so I think like there's, there's a lot of, lot of opportunity there. And then, you know, last thing I would just say is, you know, from a youth sports perspective, there's some really, really smart, uh, investors that are investing around the overall youth side of things, the amount of money that's spent, the amount of money that parents spend on their kids to become incredible athletes, the opportunity to use, you know, new technology or use the same kind of technology that, the pros use, but doing that with a, having that a 10 year old or a 12 year old have access to that information. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think back, I mean, imagine having a smart bat or a smart ball or, a, you know, really understanding like when you're, when you're, you know, as a basketball player, right. I mean, like, was your elbow really under the ball or was it a little <laughs> bit over right. here on that last shot? Did you, you know, where was the ball in your hand? Was it on your palm too much? You know, like, and, and you're just kind of guessing or that's how it used to be. But now, you'll know, you know, everything like, you know, you, you're able to actually measure and test and say, I, I really thought my elbow was under the ball. No, actually a little bit more or a little bit over mm-hmm. here. Right. And like you can, and that's the kind of stuff where it's, you can, it's, it's, you can get it. You can actually get a measurement on that where those are the types of things that you used to just sort of have to rely on your coach. And you're like, ah, coach, come on. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to no, but mm-hmm. you actually, and, and whether, whether his eye were, was right or wrong, you never knew. 
But now you can measure these things. And I believe that's the part that you're going to start to see um, even better athletes, you know, each generation getting better and better and better because they're able to they're able to learn early, much, much earlier in their, in their career. So I'm excited about, you know, that all that coming to the, to the youth side. And, um, it's, it's, it's a, it's an exciting time to, to be in it. it. And, yeah. What do you think about, you know, this will open up too many cans of worms. We'll be here for an hour. We can save this for, for another one, but, uh, no Wayne, appreciate you coming on. Let everyone know. Um, well, two fronts where, where to get all your socials, website, that stuff. And then also, uh, for for founders or companies where to reach out if they're looking for um, you know a chance to potentially uh, pitch you guys sure I mean you know the best way to find out about everything about me as well as 76 capital is at 76 capital.com which is our website um, both 76 capital and myself Wayne Kimmel are on LinkedIn now X um, uh, <laughs> Facebook and, and Instagram <laughs> so we're out there and uh, but it's it's and it's it's important. Like, please, you know, reach out and or and 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 or t- and as well as you know, look, the fact that you're listening to this show, you're you're doing the right thing. Listen to Andrew. Listen to the kind of guests that he has. Um, we have. We think it's really important to have, you know, get as much information as possible. On our website, we have a lot of resources and shows and things that you should watch um, if you really want to dive into this industry and be successful. Because, you know, once once you get in this industry, um, it, it's 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 incredibly special. There are amazing people that are doing incredible things at the team level, the league level. Um, that are you know the, the the future of college sports. I mean. It's it's going to be incredible to see what happens, and there are opportunities now for entrepreneurs, for people to work in the industry, and really shape what the future will look like of sports. A lot of nuance too um, that that's important to understand as you dive into the industry, and and it's it's important to know what's happening, right? I mean, like every day there's another incredible thing that's happening in the industry. I mean, you know, we you know you think about even a couple of years ago there was no. If you you wouldn't be talking about Apple, you wouldn't be talking about Amazon, you wouldn't be talking about Apple, you know Google, you know or, or you know Microsoft. I mean, the moves that these incredible technology companies have done in sports is is something that is 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 it's it's amazing. It's amazing to to think that you know you know this year we had the first NFL playoff game on Peacock. Next year they're talking about the next streaming game is going to be on Amazon. I mean, these are things that were, would have been un, completely unheard of. The fact that ESPN is in the betting game, right, and how they're doing it and how it all works, really understand what that means because ESPN bet is one of those, like, don't sleep on that. I mean, because they're the network that people tune into. All the other players, all their competitors are the are the commercials, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see what that's going to have, how that's going to play out right. over time. Um, so there's, there's a lot, there's a lot happening and, you know, look, it's, it's amazing that you can now, you know, definitely call the sports industry an asset class. Um, you know, over the years we've talked about it as an asset class and I've had a lot of people say, I'm not really sure about that, but I can tell you pretty definitively that the sports industry is an asset class today. And there are, are lots of opportunities for, uh, more investors in the industry. There's opportunities for more entrepreneurs, more executives. You know, I think you're seeing some of the smartest people in the in the world coming to the world of sports. And 
it's going to be an incredible next 10 years.